0: Welcome to episode five, my interview with Annalise from Texas. This is the Straight Up Gay Podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Major, your host for the Straight Up Gay podcast, where I have conversations with people about their experiences related to the LGBTQ community. This podcast is dedicated to learning more about LGBTQ people by having personal conversations and sharing their experiences.
1: Keep in mind, this show is free of cursing, but we may have conversations about human sexuality and topics related to sex and gender that may result in awkward questions from young children. If you're not prepared to have those conversations, turn back now.
0: Today is January 22nd, 2017, and I'm having my conversation with Annalise. Welcome to the show, Annalise. How are you doing?
1: Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you for having me.
0: I am so excited for the show today. And before we get started, I just want to let all the listeners know, um, all three of them, the show will no longer be hosted on SoundCloud. I, I, I started hosting the show there originally, and I ran out of free space really quickly. And the paid space on SoundCloud was just too expensive. So now the show will be available online. You can stream it on the web at pinecast.com. You should be able to go on there and just search for the show, Straight Up Gay Podcast, and you'll find it there. So thanks for being here, Annalise. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing really well. How are you doing?
0: Um, I am great. I am actually really excited. I've been excited since 7 o'clock this morning to, ha- uh, to have this show. This is You are my first parent of an LGBT person on the show you and I can identify because I have a homosexual son. You have a transgender daughter. Is that correct? That's correct. Awesome. And for the first time, I get to have a conversation with another parent of an LGBTQ kid. And so I was super pumped to have this show.
1: Me too. Thank you. I really haven't. um, It's only been a couple years since I became um, aware that what was my son was transitioning into a daughter, and I have not really had a substantive conversation with another parent in two years.
0: Wow. Well, uh, I hope this. I hope we enjoy this as much um, for each other as we can. So, do me a favor. Just give us a little introduction about uh, you, and as much as your. I know your daughter's shy. I, I read your pre-interview questions. I know you're not going to reveal too much about her. She wants to keep her life pretty much as private as possible, which I totally understand. So please just go ahead and give the audience a little bit about yourself, as much as you care to share about your daughter, and then we'll get started and go on from there, okay?
1: Okay, sounds good. So um, I am in Texas, and I had a baby boy when I was 38, and I'm now almost 60. This is my only child. We're going to call my daughter now Jaybird, which is um, I'm going to call it a pen name. Um, She started out as I am not an experienced mother since I only have one, but everything looked classic to me, as you might think, raising a little infant son and on through the toddler years. And everything seemed to be bumping along pretty good up until around high school. Now, Jay Bird was in a Catholic school all the way up until eighth grade, and then um, we transitioned over to a public school, to a high school, and coincidentally, that's also about the time puberty starts to kick in a little bit, and um, where I am today, and where Jay Bird is, she just started college at a community college just last week, and so we have gone through a lot of hurdles in the last two weeks involving paperwork and documentation, how she's going to present herself, and it's been actually excruciating. I had a hard time convincing her. I have had a hard time convincing her to get out of her room, um, but I did, and everything's gone pretty darn well. I messaged you that I think this may be um, not as lighthearted to interview as you've had before, and you're going to hear me make a lot of mistakes because for 17 years, 16 years, I've been saying he, him, my son, my boy and I still make mistakes, even though I support her a hundred percent. It'd be like, and and I have told her this, it would be like asking her to start calling me dad. It's hard, but I'm getting there.
0: Yeah, I can, I can understand. I could imagine, you know, my son, he's 15 and I could imagine if about this time he wanted me to start calling him by girl pronouns and, and calling him my daughter. I can understand how that happens. You know, you, you, known her since she was a baby and like you said she was your baby boy right and now she's your baby girl and it just takes some uh getting used to so that is totally understandable and i hope your daughter understands that you are trying hard but i am just glad to hear that your daughter has such a supportive mother and kudos to you ma'am for not being one of those parents who um Thinks that this is some sort of choice that they did just to rebel and get back at you or something, and that you were at least open-minded enough to learn more about it, be as accepting as possible, and be mm-hmm. as supportive as possible. So, kudos to you, high five for you. Thank Mom. you,
1: and high five to you too. Thank uh,
0: you. You're welcome. What I want to get to first is the beginning. Your, um, you know, in superhero stories, this is the origin story, right? How Wolverine became Wolverine, right? So, how did your daughter become your daughter what was the initial point at which you thought maybe we need to look into this more maybe we need to figure out what's going on what was that moment
1: man so when she was at her uh at the catholic school i the, the teachers were telling me and i did know that my my child was a loner that's okay i'm kind of a loner and i can be a maverick. And I thought that was fine. I didn't see that as a problem. Uh, My daughter was a he. So he wasn't really acquiring friends. He he would come home and tell me he didn't like to play stereotypical sports. He didn't like the ball being thrown. He didn't like rough and tough stuff like the guys liked. He would rather kind of hang out with the girls. And again, that's fine. Some people are not athletic. I didn't start to enjoy sports myself till I got out of college. Um, So I, again, wasn't concerned. And such a smart, good-looking kid, you know, I just, I knew everything was going to just turn out the way it had in all the, the stories and movies that I had read. And Around, um I guess, junior year of high school, Jay didn't want to, Jay Bird didn't want to cut um, his hair. And I was fine with me. My husband at the time, we're now divorced, did have a problem with it. He's in law enforcement and very macho leanings and industry, if you will, did want Jay to have short hair. But I won that battle. I I went to high school in the 70s and the boys had long hair and I I don't care how someone wears their hair. And so uh, by the time Jay Bird graduated from um, the high school, her hair was down to almost her elbows. Um, Her junior year her sophomore year, I saw her become him becoming more and more depressed and more and more withdrawn and just never smiling. As a parent, you you want to see your child have some hope for the future, just have some lighthearted moments, just joking, just seeing, yeah, life's tough and all, but there's still some good stuff out here. And you're just, you're, you're a kid. You should be having more fun than not. And at the time was so serious and so withdrawn and started wearing the same thing to school every single day. Um, that's, that's fine. It's almost like a uniform, you know, jeans and then a black shirt and then a hoodie, and started to wear the hood. She's, Jay Jay Bird is little, and so it's not like a threatening figure where the teachers would say, you know, get your hood off. What are you trying to look like? She's little and thin and was trying to blend in. So no one gave Jay Bird any grief about this, but this went on for four years. Sophomore, junior year was about when I got divorced, and Jay was living with me full time. So he came to me one night and told me that she thought something was wrong, really, really wrong with him. It, it took me a long time to get her to articulate what she meant by wrong. I was trying to give her all these ideas to get her talking. and She just said, well, I just, I don't feel like a boy. You know, I'm, she was ashamed to tell me this. And I was trying to figure out, well, what does she mean? You know, d- you know, is she, is she gay? That's That's cool. Is she into anime so much? Is she seeing all these beautiful, you know, cartoonized males with long hair and eyelashes? You know, that's fine. Is she he thinking about being goth, long hair with eyeliner? That's fine. I didn't really understand. It was going a whole nother level into transgendered until several conversations later. And it, it, it came about when she expressed some interest in feminine soft things. She likes to feel, I don't know if you saw The Danish Girl, the movie. So it was during this time period that I was trying to figure out what my child was really trying to say to me. Uh, because J Bird was, is still actually quite naive. Sexually, You know, very little interest in, in anything of a romantic or sexual nature, especially at this time.
0: How old was um, she at this time?
1: Um, About fourteen, fifteen. Okay. Okay. Uh, real super modest. I, I had noticed that, she, that when I would be helping her with laundry, she didn't want me, you know, she was, like a boy would usually take off their shirt in front of their mom. That stopped. You know, like she was trying to keep her chest covered up. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. She, I feel really bad about this because she got uh, disciplined for it she was trying in her own way to keep from becoming a boy and so she would not eat she thought in her child mind that if she would not eat she would not pu she could stop puberty and she would not get muscular you know her, her father and i would fuss at her you know you're being lazy you're not eating you just want you know us to serve stuff to you no she actually was acquiring a pretty good little eating disorder And then we fussed at her a lot for not doing anything physical fitness wise. Why can't you at least, I like to run a lot. I'm a big runner and I can go run a mile with me, do that. And we thought she was being lazy for not doing anything physical. Truth is, she didn't want to encourage any kind of muscular growth. And we reprimanded her. We grounded her. We did so many things. and We never understood she was trying to manage um, her body shape.
0: This was when you were with your ex-husband still?
1: No, this, well, actually, yes, that started probably around eighth grade, um, but it became really obvious around freshman, sophomore year.
0: And that time would be with your new husband then?
1: No, I just got married um, in the last six months.
0: So you were a single mom at that time?
1: I was a single mom at the time. Okay. And dad was not accepting this at all. Dad, and and and, and Bird's dad is a great, great guy. I don't want to disparage him in any anyway, um, but he was coming up with every excuse in the book. It's a phase. He's doing it because he thinks that being a girl will mean less responsibilities in life. He's trying to get out of planning a future, whatever that means. Rebelling. Uh, he, uh, rebelling. And he he came. His father came to a comfortable place, saying, "Well, maybe he's and this is weird. Maybe he's just gay. Okay, gay. Well." Evidently, one level stranger is being trans, you know. And I actually we heard this a lot in the last year. Well, are you sure? Maybe he's just gay, right? You know. And um, no, he he's it's it's different. He he wants to be the female. Right. He wants to be a female. Right. Um, around this time, Caitlyn Jenner had just appeared on the cover of uh, Vogue magazine. I showed this to Jay about two, three days later after we had that initial conversation in my room. And she told me something was wrong. And she seemed really interested in that. And um, I was thinking maybe this is what it is. This is uncharted territory. I don't know anyone in my world that's got a situation like this. But to me, it's looking like I perhaps have a transgendered
0: child. Well, things started to make sense, right? Like she doesn't feel like a boy. She doesn't want to encourage muscular growth, right? She wants to stay skinny and frail and she doesn't want to take her shirt, right? So when you, when you made that connection, things just started to fall into place and make sense, right? This is why she's acting like this. This is why she's acting like that, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Bingo. Continue. Yeah. So
1: when I showed her, um, The pictures of Caitlin. I uh, also I had become aware of uh, Jazz Jennings, who's just lovely, and I I showed Jay Jazz Jennings, and Jay was also interested in that, but she was still pretty quiet about it. So uh, we decided to put her in therapy, and we had her in therapy for about six months, and she never really came to any conclusion with that particular therapist.
0: Now, Um, can I let me sidetrack that just for a second? How did you go about choosing a therapist? Did you look up? therapists for transgender children in the phone book? Or did you just look up child therapists in general?
1: Yes, because um, my, our child was on my uh, husband's medical. And so I keyed off of his preferences. And he found a therapist that was in the area.
0: Okay. And the uh, reason why I bring that up is because with people who are LGBTQ, sometimes for patients who are LGBTQ you can end up getting connected with a therapist who has a religious background. And so they can sometimes color their therapy with their patient, with their religious beliefs. And that can be some sort of conflict because instead of trying to help the person with their issues, they're trying to tell them to deny who they are. Don't be LGBTQ because of Jesus or Allah or whatever their religion is. I don't want to pick on any one religion, but, um, So I was just curious about if you knew whether or not you had some sort of religious connection with your therapist or if you had any idea at all.
1: No. Um, And I had my – I was watching for that. I didn't want to encourage or discourage it. I, At the time, I believe that um, Jay Bird was still probably kind of Catholic-leaning. And it wasn't until she began to hear that she was transgender that she understood the great cliff that now existed between her and religion. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to disparage religion because I'm not a Bible thumper by any means. If she'd have found a counselor that was religious, that would have been fine. I, I think having some spirituality has helped me. Through some of my harder parts. yeah in life.
0: I just I was just curious if you knew uh, I don't want to spend too much time on this I just know that if that ever becomes a concern um, because I am an atheist and so I listen to a couple atheist podcasts there is online if you ever have a problem with a with a therapist religion interfering with your daughter's therapy um, there's it's like the th- secular therapy project where they have a directory of therapists who do not mix their religion or they don't have, they may be atheist or agnostic or something so that you don't have to have that concern. So if that's good, if you don't care that your therapist is religious and and they're a complete professional, which many of them are, I don't want to say that having a religion affects your ability to be a therapist in any way. But some people do let that color their their therapy and their treatment for their patients. And so, if you find yourself in that place and you don't like it, you can always find a secular therapist through that organization online.
1: That's a great information.
0: Yeah, you're welcome. I just I just want to make sure that your daughter gets all the appropriate care she needs. So please continue. Go ahead. We don't have to spend any more time on the on the therapy. I was just curious.
1: Okay. Um, so nothing was really worked out of substance, but in during that six month period, however, I had confirmed myself with um my teen that yeah she was she wanted to go ahead and become transgendered and um I found a therapist that um specialized in that, and we drug her dad to go It was the three of us I guess that was around late junior year in high school, and what, also let
0: what year was that
1: um so that would have been around twenty fourteen. Okay. Around 2013, 2014, I think.
0: Okay, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to keep an idea of the time frame here we're talking about. So please go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, we had also, uh, I had taken one of her counselors aside at the high school to let them know what was going on, and my teen had the idea that she could start her senior year as a girl and nobody would notice,
0: and. This was, she didn't change schools then, this was the same school. So last year they same knew
1: high school. No, she didn't. The counselors advised her not to change her gender, go ahead and wait till after high school.
0: Yeah.
1: And if you know where we live, I think that was, you know, as long as it wasn't going to damage her, we agreed. We all agreed. Jay agreed. Uh, yeah. She would just continue to wear her hoodie, just keep her nose down get through school and try to start becoming who she is maybe in the evenings at home or and or when she began college
0: yeah so i have a similar sort of um, experience with that when my son told us that he was gay We made sure we had a talk with him. We were like, look, your mother and I are okay and fine with you being gay, okay? We want you to know that we love you the same. There is no problem with your sexuality as far as we are concerned. However, the world does not always see you the way we see you. And you need to be careful about who you reveal your sexual identity to and to just be careful because there are people who will harass you or bully you or attack you. Simply because you're gay for no other reason than because you're gay. And so you need to protect yourself by protecting who you tell this to. And it almost felt like we were telling him, don't be who you are, be who the world wants you to be. And it tasted like vinegar in my mouth. I hated to tell my son to not be who he wants to be. Yes. But as a parent, I felt this um, polarizing need to make sure that his safety comes first and that he doesn't get beat up in school and that he doesn't get attacked or put in the hospital or something like that because some kid thinks that being gay is wrong and he needs to beat up the gay kid.
1: Right. Man, I really feel that.
0: And I I bet you probably had a similar taste in your mouth telling her to not have to um, be who she wants to be in and live her life how she wants to live. I can I can oh, understand where you're coming from.
1: Yes, and and it, it seemed like it was around that point. I kept thinking, I, I'm I may be entering a situation where, depending on what I say to my child, I could the situation could turn into a homicide or a suicide. I what I wanted to make all the right moves. When I say homicide, like you said, I mean someone could beat up my kid. Someone could kill my kid.
0: Well, and particularly to transgender people, it's even more of a danger than for a homosexual person. Transgender people experience violence more often than homosexual people do, um, at least from what I could be wrong. uh, Please don't send me hate mail if I'm wrong. Um, I'm sure gay people and and trans people experience violence in their equal measures. But I just from what documentaries that I've seen and and things that I've looked at, um, research and Mm. stuff shows that transgender people usually experience more violent attacks more frequently than than gay people.
1: I think statistically that's fair, especially the ones that present as female.
0: Right. Because then usually what happens, the way I understand it is usually what happens is there'll be a male who is attracted to them. They find out that she's transgender and now... That makes them feel threatened and scared that, hey, look, I was just attracted to someone who was born a male, right? And so they, yeah. there's a sudden rage in them that they have to exact their re- revenge on this person for tricking them or something like that or making That's them right. feel confused and scared. Uh, so, yeah, I can definitely understand that that is probably – I haven't looked into the statistics, but it makes sense if those statistics read that way.
1: They do. They sure do.
0: Uh, at this time, you guys were going to therapy.
1: Um, Yes. And um, by the end of this, uh, this was the second therapist. All right. So we found out there was a new program at Dallas Children's Hospital and it's called the Genesis program with a play on the word cis and the word Genesis. Oh,
0: nice. I love play on words like that. Yeah. Like cisgender. I got you. Okay.
1: And um, what we needed was, I, I remember one of your earlier episodes, you, you guys were talking about, um, gatekeepers and that's still somewhat in effect here. You, you need to have proof that you, uh, your child has been in therapy for at least six months, which is better than a year. I think y'all were discussing a year in that particular
0: episode, but yeah, I think that, have... I think that was episode one with Allison uh, in Berlin. Yeah. She was saying that uh-huh. the, the standard therapy is or the standard regime is a a year in therapy and hormones before they'll put you on hormones and stuff.
1: We had that, we had that amount of time under our belt. And, um, we decided mostly my, my daughter and I, we, it, it was a very emotional time for all of us, but we decided to see if she could be accepted at, at the center to begin hormone replacement therapy and puberty blockers. And she met all the markers. They did a lot of lab tests on her, um, make sure she was, you know, a candidate and a lot of psychological profiling to make sure that she understood what she was entering into and the side effects and the dangers and the seriousness of it. And again, she came out as a just classic case of absolutely this child. Is transgendered. She does have gender dysmorphia. She loathes her penis. She can't stand her male body. She hates her voice. She hates her facial hair. She wants nothing to do with how she was manifested in a male fashion. And it will be damaging psychologically for her to remain in a boy's body. After about three months worth of interviews and tests and whatnot, we began... Hormone replacement therapy.
0: What what age was she at at this point? Seventeen, and this was maybe last year, like in twenty sixteen.
1: It was last year, and really, a lot of the ravages of puberty had already happened. Yeah, Um, one of the bane's, one of the many bane's of her existence right now is the Adam's apple. You know, but and you can't, and that's
0: a that's a really hard thing for a parent to do, especially when your child is under age you would have to kind of make that decision for them to put them on, right? Because they can't make those medical decisions for themselves without some sort of parent's consent. And if she were to regret that later on, you know, that's um, something you would have, that was a decision you would have to live with, right? So that's that's
1: right. It was at 17, yes. Mm -hmm. I can
0: imagine many parents of transgender children, especially who find out when they're young like you did, to have to face a decision like that and how difficult of a decision uh, that would have to be to let your child go on hormone replacement therapy and just not being sure if that was the right decision.
1: It it was tough. And um, I look back on it and it was bittersweet because I remember the three of us, me and her father and I were divorced then. And, and her, I had some tears in my eyes, but I was hopeful, you know. But her father was just weeping. Like he just crumbled. He was like, it, you know, right before she was about to get the shot, nurse had gone out. She was going to bring it back in. And I looked over at um, our teen and she was hopeful. Her eyes were shining. And it was just so surreal to see my teen hopeful. And then the father just devastated, demoralized. And I thought, wow, this is pretty big, but um, I've got to go with my gut here. And everything I've seen, everything that I've researched, studied, read, everything I've watched tells me this is the right decision.
0: Yeah, and so you guys went ahead with it, right?
1: Yeah, So we sure did.
0: I can, I've can. i heard stories of transgender people whose dads, who are male to female, um, whose dads took it really hard because there's this, I don't know if it's this macho idea that you failed as a dad because your boy wants to be a girl. I don't know. I don't have that experience to understand that. I know that among um, male to female transgender people that usually in many cases, the dad is the one that has the hardest time with it. Um, and so I I can, yeah. And so I can see how the polarizing emotions in the room that day must've been so thick in the air that it was just probably a really hard place to be at that time. So I think (laughs) you did the right decision and um just knowing that you did what you had to do to make sure that your daughter could live the life that she wanted and you could see that she was happy and that this was going to make her be who she wanted to be um i think you did the right thing and so good for you for for putting her first
1: well thank you she when we left she was jubilant and i hadn't seen her really happy in a long long time but she she had high hopes. It's kind of a weird feeling because the the in the transgender world the kids they call it their 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 dead self you know I don't know if you've heard that before yeah but i have
0: they i have heard that sometimes they even have a funeral or... yeah we
1: well we we haven't done anything formal like that yet. But Maybe that's to come. Well, and not
0: not everyone does it. I know uh, some people do. And some people just say, you know, I'm just going to forget it and let it be in the past. And this is kind of where I stop being this person and I start being this person. Uh, But I know that some people do hold funerals for their old self and stuff like that, which I think oftentimes is usually done for other people so that they can kind of have some sort of marker, because the person themselves, they already see themselves this way, but other people kind of sometimes need a place, a starting place to begin viewing this person as another person from.
1: I have to think about that. I know. Yeah. You know, you, you probably have a good point there. She, um, it felt like she had killed herself to yeah. us, or she had killed. We can't use the name we had chosen for her. We know pictures of her. I mean, it's like, she has eradicated everything yeah and i i really don't have very many pictures from even baby on she just cannot have them around and it feels very strange
0: yeah well i mean it's it's basically like you had, gave birth to an 18 year old girl right yeah
1: right? it is like that you know yeah. like you just yeah
0: your baby pictures are, are starting at when you're 18 they're not starting at when you're at zero Right? Yeah. I can understand as a parent that that's difficult, right? She's your baby. You want to look back at the times you spent with her as a baby when you were holding her and stuff like that. So, I can understand that that's a difficult thing for a parent to deal with, but again, you know, kudos to you for doing what's in the best interest of your daughter and so that she can feel, you know, comfortable with who she is if that makes her feel better. Well, what I want to get to now is it sounds like from what you're explaining last year uh, in 2016 you guys started the hormone therapy, the hormone replacement therapy for her. And so it sounds like she's early on in her transition.
1: Very early on. Yes. Okay. And so
0: at this point, is she already presenting as a girl to everyone? Does your whole family and friend circle know? Or are you guys keeping this pretty close to the inner circle of your family and only letting it out in spurts? I I just want to know, as far as being out with her sexual or her, not her sexuality, her gender identity. Where are you guys at with that?
1: Well, so Jaybird has avoided any family Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays for at least two and a half, three years. It Just refused to go. She felt so awkward and inauthentic. I was, we were, I was just able to get her to go to see my side of the family this last Christmas and she presented as a girl and it was kind of awkward for some, but it's a starting point. Um, We moved to um, near the hospital where the Genesis program is at. So we didn't have the problem of being in the old neighborhood where the old neighborhood kids were in high school. So she's in a whole new social situation.
0: Good. So, so people get to know her as she is now, not who she Mm -hmm. was then. Right. And
1: yes, so she started college last week. And so she wears multiple scarves to cover up Adam's apple and hair, you know, girls clothes, purse. I mean, to me, she looks for all the world, a girl.
0: Yeah. Well, I've seen your profile picture, and I, I believe that that's a picture of her on there. And she looks like a girl to me, so she's doing well. So she has presented as a girl to your side of the family. Is that correct?
1: Mm-hmm, that's right.
0: To some, maybe not all of them, but some of them. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine that when that information came out, some of your family had some questions like, uh, almost like it was a tragedy for you. Mm -hmm. Um, like, Oh my God, what are you going to do? Right? Like, how are you going to handle this as almost Mm -hmm. as if it was, um, some sort of negative impact to your family and that they were treating it almost like a disaster. Did that happen?
1: And it's, it's kind of hard to explain. There were pockets of people that totally got it and they seemed fine with it. And then there were 200 people that didn't get it and thought maybe I had screwed up. Her father had screwed up. We were missing things. We, you know, and I'm still working through that. Um,
0: yeah. I hear a lot of parents feel like they, they're at fault for their kid becoming homosexual or, or transgender. I I had a little bit of that myself too, initially. I was already pretty open-minded when my son came out to us, and so my wife and I, we did have times where we're like, oh, maybe it's just a a thing he's experimenting with. Maybe he's just, you know, feels this way, and maybe it's not real. Maybe he'll come out of it, right? It didn't last long for us because my wife and I are both pretty open-minded, and so we did have those conversations, but they didn't ever take place in front of him, and we never ever told him, oh, you're just going through a phase or anything like that. However, in our own private conversations, we would be like, oh, maybe it's just a phase, maybe he'll come around kind of thing. Maybe he just doesn't know yet. It didn't last long and eventually we we're just like, okay, yeah, he's gay. And, <laughs> you know, this is just who he is and this is and it's fine, right? I mean, he's going to live his life how he wants to live. He's 15 now, he's going to be 18 soon, so mm-hmm. it's not a phase, it's not something he's going to grow out of. And uh to be a little honest here, that idea pretty much cemented for us when we caught his, uh, adult viewings on his computer. Uh, mm-hmm. when I happened to go through the history on his internet, uh, and yeah. I saw the sites he was going to, uh, okay. that pretty much cemented for me. Yeah. This ain't a phase.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> that's in, in a, in a way that's sweet. I mean, he's not going to be faking that stuff, is he?
0: No. Uh-uh. You know, uh, <laughs>
1: you know, regarding the phase comment, um, so um, my husband um, my husband now is a child psychologist, and, and he, he, he tells me, you know, when, when people say, oh, it's a phase, something to think about is even if it was or is a phase, the fastest way for a child to get through it is to embrace it. And I used to try to tell my exes because my ex would say it was a phase. I'd say the last thing you want to do is to stop it or to try to, um, it'll prolong it. it.
0: Yeah. It'll yeah prolong so it, right? it, You're trying to halt it in the middle of what, you know, it's, if it's, if it is a phase, it's something they it have is. to work through.
1: Exactly. So even if it is this particular one isn't, yes, it, it encourage and support it, and they'll get through it. Yeah. It, it, but either way, encourage and support.
0: Right. Okay. So you said your husband now is a therapist.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Okay. Okay. I you said a psychologist. I was just trying to keep because you had a previous husband and a fir, and a next husband. I want to make sure that uh, your cop ex husband, right? Right. He's not now. I was trying to make sure that we were clear that he's not now a psychologist. <laughs>
1: I I understand. And I wish I could give you names that would help. you.
0: No, that's okay. We, <laughs> no, no, that's fine. So when we kind of covered this already, but you don't, you don't out your daughter to people, uh, when you, st- when, you know, to friends that you have and they start and, uh, that you, kn- that who knew your daughter before. Right. Cause I'm sure you've had people in your life that knew her as a girl and maybe they haven't seen her, but when that time comes or if it has already come, uh, what are those reactions like? You
1: know, I'm glad you're bringing this up because I really don't know what to say. Um, You know, people do know. I used to have a boy and people I haven't seen in a while say, well, how's, how's my boy's name? Yeah. You know, and I should I lie? Should I say, oh, he's fine? Do I tell them? the what's really happening that way they can see that this is not as weird as you think it is this is actually usa today what what do i do right and i really haven't come up with a good answer i'm trying to do it on a case-by-case basis
0: have you talked to your daughter about this at all about she won't
1: she doesn't want me to talk anybody about anything (laughs) well you I mean
0: you're gonna have to tell her that's a little unreasonable to to expect me to not talk to anyone she's quite naive yes she is quite naive Um, and I
1: work for um, a Chinese company and I I was over in in, uh, China late last year and I did tell a couple of my colleagues there because they they were showing pictures of their kids and uh, like I showed a picture of Her. Jay Bird and yeah. when when they it came out that she was transgendered it absolutely blew their mind because in China they want very badly to have boys you oh, know really? they yeah yeah well for a long time up until pretty recently uh, it was a one child policy and by and large they wanted to have a boy so that it's quite uh, a patriarchal society still. Yeah. Um, So they think it is quite peculiar that I'm allowing this of my only child.
0: It's so funny that they would even say allow, right? Like like you have a choice in it, right? Yeah. 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 I took an anthropology class you've heard from my other podcast. And so uh, it's funny to see how people in other cultures react to things like that and how you mentioned that they were surprised that you would allow it, right? Like you get to control how your child uh feels internally about their gender identity is is something that a concept that maybe some of them don't quite grasp yet.
1: Oh, I know. And in in your previous episodes when you talk about that that moment that conversation, I really appreciate that. Um I you know, my my uh teen wants nothing more than to blend into the wall and yeah. to choose to be transgendered is not something she would choose oh
0: about it being a choice for them yeah yeah i can imagine someone who's an introvert and wants as little attention as possible definitely wouldn't choose to be a transgender person and garner all kinds of awkward and uncomfortable attention just for being a transgender person so uh,
1: oh we haven't even talked about
0: um what the discussion we had to have
1: about if she needed to um sperm bank in case she wanted to be a parent in
0: the future. Oh, oh my gosh. There's yes. so
1: many strange little things.
0: That, that never, I had... that never occurred to me. That is, that is very, we, we are, can we cover that now? Can we talk about that now? I am yes. less, I am less concerned about other people's reactions when you tell them. Uh, let me just say real quick that I think maybe you should talk to your daughter and say, do you want me to lie? And just when people ask, how's your son, I just say, he's fine and move on. Or do you want me to tell them? Right. And at least, get, okay. Because that way it kind of lets you know, it just lets you know how she's comfortable with you handling the situation. You're going to have to let her know, hey, look, I can't not talk to people, right? I'm a person, I have friends, and and I'm not just going to cut everyone out of my life, so we need to know how to handle this. How do you prefer that I handle it? I want to treat and respect you and handle these situations in a way that you're comfortable. So should I lie and just say he's fine and move on, or do you want me to tell them?
1: That's a good point.
0: Yeah. So that way, uh, at least she has a say in how those conversations are handled. So now I talk about your thing. I want to hear about that.
1: You know, because th- that, th- that never a...
0: even occurred to me. I never even thought about that.
1: I, I Actually, I, I depending on how, how our time is al- allocated, I've got probably four or five things that are could be quite provocative that I, I've learned that we could discuss. Right. So one of them is I try to imagine when I was 17 years old, if I had to talk to my father about anything involving my anatomy or the future of my sexuality, I would have just melted into the ground.
0: Right. That's mm. like having the birds and bees talk with your parents, right? Like the most awkward situation, oh, right? Lord. Like this is a penis, right. this is a vagina, this is how they go together kind of thing. Right. You no one wants to have that. I'm no I'm thirty eight and I don't want to have that talk with my dad. <laughs>
1: Ditto, same. Yeah. But yeah, we we were pretty much forced into it. I um, I say we. It was of course my daughter and I. But so I was reading the the literature and I saw that she could very easily have a reduced chance of fertility in, as we go forward with puberty Hormone. blockers and the estradiol. All right, and I I see that she's got what I'm going to call maternal instincts. She loves little kids. She loves babies and she smiles and plays with them like. I hate- again, I hate to be stereotypical y like you would see a female fawning over a little baby, or yeah. maybe you know, but i I believe that she wants to be a mother in her future, yeah i and it is my responsibility to make sure she understands that she may need to sperm bank, yeah, and so. We st- tried to talk about it, and she got embarrassed, and we couldn't talk about it for weeks and weeks. And finally, I asked if she could talk to her therapist about it. We, At this time, she had a uh, – this is a third therapist that is a specialist with transgender children. Good. And they had the conversation, and, and um, Jay Bird agreed that even though it was heinous to her, she would go ahead and try to do it. Yeah. Just one time, she would try. And so I set up with the laboratory what we were going to do. And it's extremely clinical. And um,
0: I know. So I had to do that once before my wife and I, my current wife and I, we were having trouble having our first baby. Um, (laughs) I have a daughter with her now. And so we had to go do fertility testing. And so I, I know the experience. It is extremely clinical and it is super awkward because everyone knows what you're in there for. Um, right. And you try to play it off uh, and be professional and cool. And inside you just feel so weird when you have to do that. It, like you, I can't even, I mean, until you do it, I can't even explain <laughs> what that feeling is like doing fertility testing for a guy. They gave, uh, look, I'm going to share a little bit of my story here. They gave me a video that I know for a fact was picked by a woman. Okay, because no guy in his mind would want to do that to that video in the doctor's office, right? It was the lamest thing. I mean, I would have rather just not had anything and probably just use my imagination because that video was so, it was like 80s. It was all like it was a VHS. It wasn't even a DVD. And it was just so weird and awkward. I hated every second of it. oh man oh man uh, okay um uh, but everything I'm it wasn't me by the way I'm everything oh no
1: it's a, a friend of a friend no
0: no really. no I mean like the fertility problems we were it wasn't me it was my wife had endometriosis oh, that's, so that's
1: funny what it, that you you felt like you had to clarify that okay you know, yeah well right because now <laughs> right. people
0: know that I went for fertility testing but then I left the cliffhanger of well is he shooting blanks right yeah so yeah no so, I'm all oh, good well. <laughs>
1: you, of course your libido everything is
0: good that's right yeah oh okay.
1: man you threw so, your wife under the bus
0: <laughs> no she couldn't it wasn't anything she was doing it was just she's all cleared up we're good now babies are I have a new baby on the way in in 18 weeks
1: oh congratulations oh thank
0: you so that's wonderful I can identify so, with the awkward doctor's experience first Sperm banking and stuff.
1: Right, and so as the day drew nearer, I I really didn't know if Jaybird had ever even masturbated. I didn't even know if she had. Well, I understand from men that when you're a teen, you have wet dreams and stuff just happens, just if the wind blows, you know. Yeah. Um,
0: you I think, know. I think the scientific term is nocturnal emissions.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I had a feeling that um, she hated her body so much and she was so I want to call it prudish almost that she probably didn't even know what to do and I know this can blow your mind because we're talking about a 17 year old yeah and so I had to ask her like well you know what to do right she said I bet she wanted to die (laughs) yeah well it's she really didn't know quite what to do I go you've really never you know like accidentally grabbed your penis and like had just a, a physiological reaction where, right? You know, it felt good and and then it became you know rigid and then you know maybe something happened after that and she's like mom stop
0: oh this god is horrible <laughs> inside she's and, screaming kill me now
1: <laughs> and she's like they're gonna have me do that and I'm, yes that's what we're talking about here. And so she had to think about that for two or three days. In a weird way, a male-to-female trans, they feel like they're raping themselves. Oh, unwanted really? erection. Yeah, it's like an unwanted erection.
0: Oh, man, why? That must be so awful. Yeah,
1: it's, it's 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 they don't want it. Why are they? Why are they being forced to
0: do the most horrible thing possible? Well, and and so when you first said sperm banking, I thought, oh, okay, so they just go in, pow pow, it's all done. But it didn't, man, I'm so glad we talked about this because it didn't even occur to me that how difficult it would be for a person who doesn't even want to have a penis at all much less walking. I remember how uncomfortable it was for me to do it. And I'm a straight cisgender man. I can't even imagine mm-hmm. being a person. I couldn't even try to figure yep. out those emotions of being a transgender person yep. and having to walk in and yep. masturbate with a penis that yep. I don't even want. Right. Oh man.
1: It's, it's, it's very complicated and it, it blows my mind to think about how she must feel.
0: I, um, I can't even think of names for the kind of emotions that someone like that must feel.
1: Um, I know. She, she ultimately could not. Um, so we put off. We put it off two, three times. I kept rescheduling with the lab, and finally she said, "Mom, I, I, I just can't do this thing." And you know, uh, it was a melancholy moment for me. Yeah. I guess I won't be having grandkids, no. but no, that's that's okay. I, I yeah. what I'm sadder about is I think she probably wants to have children, but she's thought ahead and she's thought, well, I could always adopt in the future. Yeah. like, wow, it is so horrible to you to do this. It, you, you don't want to try? She's like, I, I can't. Yeah. I cannot do it. So we didn't. Yeah, But we had to have this conversation that I never would have dreamt I'd have.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, I could imagine the day after you've had your baby boy and you're thinking, oh, in 18 years, we're going to have this most awkward conversation <laughs> in which we both want to kill ourselves. <laughs> I'm sure no mother on day one thinks of that. Yeah. So, man, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I'm glad you brought that up because that uh, I'm using this podcast, one, as to share these experiences with other people, but as a learning experience for myself. And just in that, you know, five or 10 minute time frame, you've taught me so much more than I ever thought I would need to know about transgender people. I couldn't even, it never would have even occurred to me about sperm banking or how awkward it would be, how man i just i'm glad we talked about that so thank you um I, it's there's unf- more yeah oh there's okay more. well please continue then please
1: no i mean the the, the awkward situations and conversations just uh, they're unending. something else that i needed to make sure that she understood was do, do you know jay how men have sex
0: oh right yeah
1: right and i you know, I mean, there's many ways, but there is like a traditional way. That, well, so I mean,
0: one of the things I need to know now, then, is as far as Texas goes. What is your human sexuality uh, training or education like in your schools? Is it abstinence only? Do they even teach that about condoms and intercourse and safe sex? Or is it just abstinence only? Do you know?
1: Well, so with the Catholic school, it was abstinence. Oh, right. Um, She went
0: to Catholic school. I totally forgot. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And but in the high school, I think that they had already they thought that they had already covered it. Up to eighth grade. So in high school, it's just PE. Honestly, I believe there's there's pretty good gap. I'm learning that there's a pretty good gap, and that's why she she's terribly naive.
0: I grew up in Florida, and I remember in sixth grade, um, our class was taken to a hospital, and they split the class up into boys and girls. And they took the boys into one room and girls into another room. I think we went into like a theater. They had kind of like movie theater type seats where maybe they did um, educational conferences or, you know, some sort of learning, you know, presentation type of room. And they went over all the human sexuality stuff. These are the parts a girl has. These are the parts that a boy has. This is what happens when you have sex. This is, you know, I don't think they covered actual condom use at that time but at least they covered the biological and physiological effects and knowledge around human sexuality. So that at least we understood Mm. how these parts worked, what they did and what the effect of is when you do this, this is how you make a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, This was around the time of AIDS and stuff like that. And actually it was after the eighties I went to high school or sixth grade and early nineties. And so, it wasn't, safe sex wasn't really a big issue at the time. AIDS was big, but it wasn't, safe sex wasn't being taught at the sixth grade level yet. Oh yeah, definitely. So, so I was just curious because you had to ask her about how to, you know, do you know, is that because there's a gap in her education? You know, the school didn't cover it. Was it abstinence only kind of, so I was just trying to fill in the, the information there was all. I
1: appreciate that. Um, I, I and I, I, also think that unique to my teen, if, if it was discussed, i I believe she probably zoned it out. She, she, she doesn't see herself. And and this is what drives me nuts about people that make remarks like, "Well, if that's going to be her lifestyle choice, it's about identity, not sexuality." You know, she's not even thinking about sex at all.
0: Right. And then I can imagine in Texas you run into that a lot, where people. Oh yeah. Uh, I, again, I had a friend of mine recently, I got to point out that I don't want to beat up on people in Texas. I'm sure there's plenty of open minded, a friend of mine, he's co- kind of a country guy. And he's been uh, a good friend of mine listening to the show. And he he pointed out to me that we kind of stereotype people who are country or who are uh, rednecks or something like that as being closed minded bigots against transgender people and stuff like that and he's like why do we get stereotyped by people who don't want to be stereotyped and <laughs> i i told him i said that's a fair point and so i'm going to make sure that i point out that we don't want to beat up on people just because they're in texas i'm sure there's plenty of open-minded people and great people who treat transgender people just fine um, you may that's just hard. have a higher instance instance of people who are not as open-minded in some of the southern. Uh, States in more of the closed-minded, you know, Midwest areas.
1: That that's right. Now, if I if I had my choice, I would be raising my daughter in California or Oregon, but I don't have that choice. Um, But your point is well made. I I wanted to, if I could, and it's this is good. This may be too provocative. I I wanted to go back to um, a point about um, being transgendered, and I wanted to make sure that jay understood how she, in maybe 10 years she actually she she may never have sex but if she did because she's interested in boys because she sees herself as a girl right did she understand what might occur and um then this is if she can find the right partner which is a whole nother yeah you know bridge we've got to cross but um I see on Twitter and in the the uh, popular media I, 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 a lot of people shame gays and transgendered for having sex in what they would call inappropriate orifices. Right, All right? Mm-hmm. and I just want to say that um, I have seen heterosexual porn sites, and I know for a fact. That inappropriate orifice is seems to be very common in heterosexual circles.
0: Yeah.
1: And so I'm. It's just very disingenuous to me.
0: It is. Yeah. There's a very hypocritical view of of uh, homosexual people and anal sex. Mm -hmm. It's okay. We can say anal sex. That's the scientific term. We're just trying to keep it educational here. Um, That's right, and so plenty of straight people have anal sex. And, That's right. You know this whole idea that you know uh, homosexual people having anal sex is some sort of they. There was a term that they tried to prove that it was unhealthy, and they called it gay bowel disease, which was has since been debunked and and shown that it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a yep. there is a very hypocritical view as far it as is. anal sex is concerned, where it's considered. You know, maybe maybe some more strict religious people may think it's still a a sodomy sin, whereas others don't. And so in some yep. cases they can be very hypocritical. I agree.
1: Oh man. Oh man. So, um, on, on my Twitter account, um, it seems like gay pride day late last year, I, I came to the rescue of somebody, not the rescue. Somebody made some kind of remark like, well, why is there a gay pride day? Why do they need to do that?
0: Oh, right. And, yeah, Right.
1: And so I, Got on my, you know, my Twitter verse and I said, in case you didn't know, every day is straight day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Every day, a straight day. Yeah. And right. So somebody, a hater out there, somebody that um, is bigoted and prejudiced took a screenshot of my Twitter address, the headboard. And sent it out to about sixty, seventy thousand people. And right beside it, they put a picture of men bending over with leather and you know, naked and chains on. And this particular woman called me out and said, "This woman here, in the name of trying to make a name for herself, being a progressive mother, would happily throw her son to child abusers." And this oh went out to like God. sixty thousand people. Yeah, are you and- kidding? No, I'm serious. And then, and so that's an, another thing that I, I didn't really understand until I went through this experience is why do they call it, okay, Gay Pride Day? Well, the reason it's pride is because they're shamed so much. Exactly. You know, and I don't know that people get this. So I, I will try to have intellectual discussions on Twitter, and it just goes nowhere. It seems like every time I mention something pro LGBTQ, I lose about fifty followers, that's fine yeah um, but yeah if I I have to be kind of careful because I don't want to bring my daughter into this prematurely, but I will at some point in the future be very vocal and very active on this
0: so did you you listen to all my previous episodes? did you hear the part where I talked with Allison from Michigan about how do I breach the subject of defending and being a good ally without outing my son?
1: Yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I did. And, and that
0: I learned a lot from that bit right there. Like, you know, what? I don't need an example, right? I just know you're wrong. And I can tell you these are the reasons you're wrong. I don't have to bring my son into it. As a matter of fact, I want to share a quick story. I had a recent talk with a friend of mine on Facebook Messenger. We usually have really good conversations and uh, with the recent Donald Trump election and stuff like that. I was really concerned about my son being gay and uh, the gay civil rights movement, you know, taking a step backwards because Donald Trump is now president. And she was kind of like, well, you just, you know, you don't have anything to worry about yet. He's he's not said anything against LGBT people or anything like that. Right. And even though we're, he has a vice president who's anti LGBT, he Betsy DeVos is, and she's anti LGBT, at least, at least somewhat. So we had this conversation another friend of mine in a public conversation, he was calling gay people fudge packers and, and making really derogatory terms. And when I started talking to her about this, she already knew that my son was gay. And this friend of mine doesn't know that my son's gay. And she goes, well, maybe if you had a private conversation with him and told him that your son was gay, he would be more understanding of your situation. And I said, I shouldn't have to out my son for him to not act like a jerk off. And she goes, well, you're absolutely right. You shouldn't. And I said, He should just have the common decency to have a conversation with me. uh, And if he wants to talk about LGBT stuff and he wants to disagree with it, he doesn't have to be a jerk and call people derogatory names. And it shouldn't take me outing my son to him in a private conversation for him to see that. And she goes, you're absolutely right. So thankfully I had that conversation with Allison before I had this conversation with my friend, because otherwise I might've outed my son to my friend in order to defend and get him to act like a decent human being.
1: God, you know that those are wise words. Um, and part of me wants the world to see that it's not as rare as they think it is.
0: You're pulled and in two directions.
1: Yeah, you are. And, it, it's, and it's some of these people that they don't understand it. I secretly wish that they had a loved one or a child that went through this. And then I think that's when they would really understand and they would lose their hatred.
0: I know exactly what you feel when my friend who was calling gay people fudge packers, me and my wife talked about it. And she goes, you know, it's people like that who need to have a gay kid or or a trans kid for them to Mm -hmm. see. It's not like I don't want to say I don't want to wish that upon anybody like it's some sort of negative thing. But because people are bullied and picked on for being LGBT, I don't want someone to have to experience that. And so I don't I do at least approach it as I don't want to wish that on someone uh, simply because I, I wouldn't want someone to have to experience some sort of bullying because of it. Not because I think there's anything wrong with it.
1: Agree. Agree. And, you know, it's funny, ironic, because had you not had a gay son, you wouldn't be hosting this show. Had I not had a transgender daughter, I wouldn't be here. I don't even know. I think I'd be on the periphery of the issue. Yeah. And I wonder how many people um, would be on, would understand better if they could see some real life examples. Yeah. Um,
0: Well, to be fair, my anthropology class is where I started being more vocal about pro LGBT stuff, which was well before I knew my son was gay. So mm -hmm. you're right. I may not have been hosting this podcast, but I definitely was far more outspoken after that class, when I realized, you know what, I can't think of a good argument as to why I shouldn't support this and why it shouldn't be allowed. And ever since that day, I have been out and proud Mm. to support LGBT people Uh, on my personal page on it it, in real life. I do everything I can to be as supportive as I can and defend LGBT people as Mm. often as I can.
1: Mm -hmm. That's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So I want to move on a little bit. Uh, I appreciate everything you've shared so far. Uh, it's really great to speak with another parent and, and learn some of the experiences that we share with having an LGBT kid. Um, but I want to know some of the more positive experiences you had. I know we've covered a lot of awkward and and, and difficult problems of being an LGBT parent. Um, what's something that you look back at and think, man, this was one of the happiest experiences Since my daughter has, you know, started identifying as an LGBT person.
1: It just seems like there's been so many challenges because it's so new. Um, Well, kind of along the lines of what I just said, I I don't know that I'd be who I am today had I not seen what she's gone through. I don't know that I'd understand the the level of bigotry that's out there. Yeah. I think I was somewhat insulated from it. Right. And I feel really thankful for the clarity and for the depth of knowledge that, that um I that would have just gone right over my head. I would have just been it'd have been tangential to me the whole time. Yeah. Um, she's still struggling so much. I
0: Well, I bet that time in the hospital when she was getting her hormone replacement therapy for the first time and and seeing her actually happy and jubilant at the idea of finally getting to live her life, how she feels inside was probably a pretty positive experience, was it not
1: that that was a positive experience and and I've seen her um I took her out we got her hair cut and curled, and she was just really excited about that and she liked the way she looked and that that's it's you know you you want your child just to thrive and be happy and yeah. feel loved and And it's, um, I think that if you, I hope that you stay in my world, but I think if we talk in five years, I'll have more happy stories for you. It's just right now, I'm pretty much in the thick of it.
0: Well, I definitely want to take this moment to thank you because when you found the podcast and you started liking uh, my Twitter page and the shows and, and commenting and retweeting my stuff, it really gave me a newfound sense of okay, I'm doing something good here. Somebody really likes this. Somebody is benefiting from this. And so I am definitely going to make sure that this show keeps going for as long as I can keep it going. Right now it's costing me money and I'm trying to keep my costs as low as possible. So maybe I'll take this opportunity to let everyone know that on Pinecast, if you go to my Pinecast website, which will be on the straightupgaypodcast.com site, there'll be a link to it there. There is a tip jar on there. You can donate to the show if you'd like to uh, help support the show and and help me keep me on the air. Because right now, I'm paying out of my own pocket to keep the show going. So if you want to support the show, go to Pinecast, search for the Straight Up Gay Podcast, and you can leave me a donation to keep the show going.
1: I'm doing that right after we hang up.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate (laughs) it. So that was a positive experience. Um, And we talked a little bit about the religion aspect as far as your daughter is concerned. What I want to know is a little more about that. Uh, growing up, were you guys really uh, into your Catholic faith? I mean, or was that sort of just she went to Catholic school because that was the best school in the area and you guys weren't, uh, I don't want to say hardcore, like it's some sort of, you know, intense thing, but you guys weren't um supreme uh, extremely faithful and in, in practicing your religion
1: um the school we selected was my mom is as they say a devout catholic
0: that's the word i was looking for devout <laughs> thank you
1: devout catholic yeah i don't those two always go together um she so my 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 then husband and i we weren't particularly devout and i was really questioning a lot of things about the church i had been for a long time um, but my mom scholarshiped, uh, our child to go to school there. Oh, okay. And so, um, and she was in a nursing home right across the way. Ah,
0: okay. Um,
1: yeah. And, uh, it, so she could actually look out the window and see them playing in the yard and, and he would wave to her and she could go visit. Um, so it was circumstances, um, financial and I, see he was such a little guy. I was, um, I thought maybe there was less chance of him being bullied or picked on, um, in a good Catholic school. school. (laughs) Yeah. But he was bullied and picked on in a whole different way.
0: And so um do me a favor and tell me some more give me an example of how she was picked on in a, in a new way.
1: Well, in uh they they do study Catholic uh theology and um in I really don't want to say too much negative about the the Catholic church. However, they're very rigid and you're really not even supposed to question things as a youngster. They are really just teaching you, you know, moral compass.
0: Yeah. So they're and, basically just telling you this is what you believe you accept, it. right? Yeah, no questions. And
1: asked. It's something my mom used to say a lot, and the Catholic Church I think is trying to get away from it, but they have this mantra about homosexuality, uh, transgender, and that is, well, we we love the sinner, but we hate the sin.
0: Yeah, right. Which is trying to put a divide between the sinner and the sin, as if those were two separate things, right? And that. That makes it back to a choice, right? Where you're choosing to sin and right. make yourself, right? And so that's just a nice, you know, fancy way of saying you're choosing to be a sinner and you're choosing right. sin over a godly life, right? And that makes it, brings it back to being a choice.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, my, my parents were, um, we'd go to church every Sunday. And at the time, I'm quite a bit older than you are, but we used st- to, the women used to have to wear veils over their Mm-hmm. On their head. Yeah. And I remember one Sunday I forgot my veil and they thought putting a cocktail napkin on my hair would be a, a smart thing. And I thought, what kind of a church is it that wants me to put a cocktail napkin on my head to be acceptable?
0: Do you they know got- why? Do you know why?
1: <laughs> I, um,
0: it's in the Bible For modesty, no, no what it's is in it? the Bible what? what tell me if you look in the Bible, I don't have the verses on me uh i can I can look them up later, but there are Bible verses which said women cannot approach the temple or be in the temple without their head covered. It's in the old testament, and i wanna I wanna say it's like Leviticus or something uh, like that, okay. but um it's it's in the Bible, and so some strict sects of religions, especially in Christianity and Islam, um uh-huh. adhere to that pretty strictly. In which women have to have their head covered in order to be in church.
1: I I remember um, my my mother used to actually go to uh, gay protests.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Like she would be like, "You're all going to hell on the street corner," kind of thing. Yes. Oh man. I know. Does your so now I have to ask? Does your mother now know that your daughter is transgender? She does, and
1: she still loves her so much. Now my mom's got. Well, she's got, she's got significant dementia and I'm not oh. sure she remembers moment to moment to moment, but she, um, she, I think it's given her a new perspective Yeah, and she wouldn't, uh, she, you wouldn't see mom at a gay protest today. I'll tell you that.
0: Oh, well, that's definitely a good thing. And that's a positive experience. <laughs> yeah. I think we can yeah. look at um, I imagine it's probably that effect, like you said, that, you know, it's sometimes those people who are the most bigoted that you kind of wish, you know, I hope you have an LGBT kid so that you can understand what, yes. how wrong you are and how bad uh, and how much damage you're doing by holding exactly. these opinions and expressing those out in public like that. So um, right. that you can probably attribute some of her um, change of heart to that. Having I a, think so, too. An LGBT or a transgender daughter. So I agree. Yeah. Um, what I want to get to now is I want to know how do you guys connect to the LGBT community? Do you guys have any sort of groups that you go to or any sort of meetups or do you have an online uh, source that you kind of because it feels like we all kind of need to have people who we associate associate with in, in our social you know lives that identify with who we are and can understand where um, we are as far as our identity, especially for an LGBT person. So how do you guys connect with the LGBT community if you do it all?
1: Um, you bring up a great point, something else that I'm, I'm trying to work through, and that is uh, senior year of high school. Uh, they were trying to start a GSA club at the high school, Gay mm. Straight Alliance.
0: Yeah, we which, have one uh, at my son's school.
1: I don't, I don't know about your school, but your your son's school, but at Jaybird Bird School, there was, you know, the GSA, there's all all G's and no S's.
0: Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, uh, but something, some kind of uh, dynamic is going on with her now that she's started college and presenting as a female. She does not want anything to do with the LGBTQ group because she doesn't want to be outed.
0: Oh, right.
1: And I'm trying to figure out how, what. I mean, she supports them and equal rights and her, and, but she, at the same time, she's trying not to be clocked. So, what does she do?
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, I can I can understand that. I don't. Um, it's not probably something that most people would see or identify with. That, uh, but it makes sense, right? You just want to be viewed as a woman, right? She just wants to be right. viewed as a woman, and she doesn't want to be viewed as a transgender woman.
1: Exactly. And I think one of your guests, I was it Allison maybe said something similar that um the school teacher is that yeah
0: allison from michigan she was the school teacher yeah
1: right and she just wants to walk into class and be seen as a female she doesn't want to be you know the transgender poster uh person and neither does my team yeah right. she wants to she is a woman she wants to be a woman she may have surgery in her future and she w- what would be the point she thinks you know could be in the lgbtq it, yeah. because automatically oh well she's trans
0: yeah okay well that makes sense so you guys aren't currently involved in any sort of um groups or anything for LGBT people
1: um, we have, we see the third therapist that I had mentioned to you, um, has a trans group, I think two times a month on Friday evenings. And, but it's kind of, it's isolated that they'll meet at the therapist and they'll all get together. Um, yeah. but it's not in, a, um, society at large. Okay. Which she would be busted for attending it. And why are you attending that? Wh- which is, it's peculiar for me because I, I want her to support her brothers and sisters in this movement and she wants to but she yeah. wants to do it without getting herself destroyed
0: yeah no sure you know, so yeah um well and it's i mean she basically it sounds like she wants to be an ally and not identify as an lgbt person she just wants to be viewed as a cisgender woman and be an ally to the lgbt community is, is that's what i'm getting from what you're saying is that about accurate
1: it is accurate um and it brings up something else that i have kind of wondered um actually for 10 15 years about Transgender, especially male to female. Um, I'm kind of a tomboy. Actually, I'm a big tomboy. But I always wondered. I'm like, well, why do you see, you know, transgender transgender male to female, and they're all feminine. Why are there so few tomboy looking ones? And I was asking my daughter. I said, first of all, is that true? You know, and, and if so, why? And she said. I, I want to do anything I can to minimize being called out as being a boy. Yeah. And if it means looking very feminine, then I'm going to look very feminine. Right. She said, maybe later I might put on, you know, sweats and a t shirt but it might be for a long time. Yeah. So that's in keeping with that theory. That's why I think she doesn't even want to show up as an ally. She doesn't want the possibility of being
0: called out. Yeah. So we're going to start wrapping up. There's just a, Two more questions. I think. Well, three more questions. I have. Um, I want to know what's your biggest concern for the future, as far as your daughter's concerned, and being a transgender girl. What's your biggest concern? What worries you as a mother?
1: Uh, her safety. I. We are not mature enough in this process to understand when she needs to tell somebody. Yeah. And I am very fearful that someone is going to find out and she, yeah. th- she in her innocent mind thinks she's going to be able to deflect any kind of romantic overtures. And yeah. she doesn't, she, I am very uh, fearful for the a situation she may get into for not disclosing at the right time.
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know, you may have heard the other guests on the show talking about Reddit and our tra- ask transgender. Um, mm-hmm. That may be a good place for you to go. I've been on there several times and and asked questions and and people on there are really good. If if you're not familiar with Reddit after the show, if you want to, if you want to talk about it, we can, but I don't want to spend too much time on it. But if you go on Reddit, that's a very good source, especially for transgender people. the r s transgender subreddit is a good place you to go. How do you get your your daughter involved in, in at least talking to other trans people about when it's appropriate when they think they should tell people so that they can avoid any sort of physical assaults when that happens?
1: yep. Yeah. But that's one of my larger concerns.
0: Yeah. So now I want to be more positive. We've we've been, you know, pretty serious throughout most of the uh the show here and and I appreciate you sharing some of the, the stuff you shared with me. Um but I wanna know what makes you hopeful about the future as far as your daughter's concerned being a transgender girl.
1: What makes me hopeful is I know what the world was like. Okay, so I was born in fifty nine.
0: Oh, and you I just At your age. That's
1: okay. I don't mind that. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know some women are like, oh, I'm 29 forever, right? So. Oh,
1: oh, boy. I don't care anything about that, believe me.
0: <laughs> no, go ahead. So,
1: right, we got two choices, um, uh, die young or grow old. I'm going to grow old. Yeah. So um, I know what the world was like in the 60s growing up, and I saw white faces everywhere. You know, now there's a lot of diversity um, in cultures, there's diversity in viewpoints and societal touchstones. And I think we're going in a good direction. I believe, I think I saw one of your tweets that said something to the effect of when when our teens tell other teens, well, I'm gay or I'm transgendered, their peers say, oh, okay. It's the adults, the older ones that cause the problems. And the good news is they're dinosaurs and they're going away.
0: (laughs) Right. And I think, (laughs) I know which tweet you're talking about, how I, I, that was my conversation with my last guest, uh, Robin, and she was saying, you know, and some of the other guests had said it too, not just Robin, um, but she said that, you know, I asked her what's her ideal situation when, when she tells someone she's a lesbian and she said, oh, okay, well, and then they just move on and start talking about chicks or something. Uh, that was uh, one of the overarching themes is that when someone comes out, most uh, most people, most trans people or most LGBT people just want it to be, ah, okay, well, that's cool. Thanks. And then move on, right? Yeah. Uh, but the problem is, is, like you said, some of the older generations of people who haven't had exposure, who may not know anyone who is an LGBT person you're the first person that they met that's an LGBT person. And so they're going to have questions. It's going to be a new experience for them. And so as much as that person wants them to just go, Oh, okay. Right. They, it, it's like uh, meeting an alien from another planet almost, uh, in the fact that, Hey, uh, how did you get here? You know, they want to know all about you. Right. And you just want to move on past it. Uh, but you're the that's first person. A good point. Yeah. So, uh, I try not to, Uh, take it too hard on the older people who may ask questions you know but I understand that a lot of the younger generation has been more exposed to it and so they'll just be most of them and many of them may just be oh okay well that's cool I'm straight and I like you know chicks too so let's go yeah (laughs) yeah so I can understand what you're saying so it is nice that our our younger generation is more accepting and I know that given time our country will come around and be far more accepting of people and hopefully one day there will be no need for this podcast. And I can just hang up my headphones and turn off my microphone and, and never come back. But until that time <laughs> comes, I'm gonna do everything I can to keep this podcast going and sharing these experiences That's uh with everybody. hello
1: hello tip jar.
0: Yeah, with all my with all three of my listeners. Um yeah. four. <laughs> well four now. Right. Four listeners. <laughs> so Um, you've already talked that you guys have a counselor and that you're seeking therapy. And I think that's great. Um, good for you and encouraging that and, and making sure that she gets the help that she needs. So we're going to start closing out the show. And I just want to know, are there, is there anything you want to plug any therapists you want to give a shout out to for people in your area to go see, um, any LGBT organizations that helped you guys with your transition or anything, any resources that you guys may benefit from that maybe other people might not know about and could benefit from.
1: Okay. So um, let's see. There is a a therapist. Um, her name is Dr. Amy Tamanos, T-A-N-O-S.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Fantastic. Um, there's the Dallas Children's Hospital and their Genesis program.
0: Oh, okay. Yep.
1: Um, Dallas also has a really nice um, resource center. I think it's just called the Dallas Resource Center. And it is specifically for LGBT um, children and teens and
0: adults. Okay. I'll have to Google those on the Google machine and see if I can post links in the show notes and on on Twitter and and on the... the homepage. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. I, one of the main goals of this show is to share as many resources with LGBT people as I can. So, um, I know there's no way I'll know all of them, but I think the more I talk to people, the more that will get shared. And so I just want to make sure that we plug as many as we can. And so I appreciate you sharing that information with me. I'll make sure I I put them on the website.
1: Thank
0: you. Um, so we're just going to close out the show. Remember you can listen to this show on pinecast.com you can go on there and search for straightupgaypodcast.com. I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, Together we can make the world a better place for LGBT people. Please consider donating to my cause here. You can go on Pinecast and put money in my tip jar to help fund the show. Uh, I'm not looking right now to make a living out of this, but I would like to maybe defer some of the costs uh, out of my own pocket. So if you like the show and you want to support me, Any amount uh, will be appreciated, and if you donate next time uh, I host a show, I will read your name out on air. Uh, Remember, you can always email me at major at straightupgaypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at SUGpodcast. You can join me on Facebook at facebook.com slash straightupgaypodcast, or you can just search for Straight Up Gay Podcast. You can also follow the blog on www.straightupgaypodcast.com, and I will list all of the other services where you can listen to the show on there. And just as a reminder, I will no longer be listing the show on SoundCloud. It was just too expensive. And so please, if you want to stream this show on the web, you can go to pinecast.com. Thanks for being here, Annalise, and I appreciate you sharing your story with me.
1: Okay, thank you so much. It was an honor. Take care. Okay, you too.
0: I'll see everyone on episode six.